Welcome to the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast, where every week I take a look inside the world of film and television with those who have lived it and experienced it. I'm your host, Derek Diamond, and this week I am joined with actress and producer Lynette Tichelle. How are you? Hey, Derek. I'm good. Thank you for having me and accommodating my setup. Yeah, no worries. Got got to see a little bit uh, behind the scenes of how you got set up for the interview, so that was cool. Though those <laughs> ring right. lights really come in handy. I, I used one uh, when I had to do a, a segment out of town uh, during the summer. So those those yeah. things are awesome. I'm surprised any are left on Amazon at this point. I feel like anybody who zooms, who self tapes, who does anything at this point, if you don't have one, you, I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> what else are we doing? The crazy thing is, so when COVID hit and everything started to go virtual. I had never heard of Zoom. And it's like oh, everyone man. has it now. I wish I had bought stock in Zoom right before Me the too. pandemic hit. Me too. I, I I know a few people that said they did. I don't know who's inside person they had, but I missed that memo. Yeah, we probably all I'd be pretty rich by now. Oh, for sure. And you mentioned, you know, it's tough to find ring lights. You can't still can't find webcams anywhere like I've looked on Amazon I've looked on Best Buy just because I've been looking at upgrading my webcam but you can't find any they're all still man. sold out strange times we're living in man yep <laughs> strange times yeah for sure and, and I, I feel like I start every interview since March with this question but how has the pandemic been affecting your career because you you live out in in California correct yeah, I'm in Cali. I'm in um like the Los Angeles. I live in Woodland Hills. Uh, a lot of the work I do bounces me, you know, all around LA. But it's different. It's um I've been affected uh, because I, there's been some friends of mine that have you know lost loved ones, lost parents. I've been on you know so I've seen things differently, and I know that every state is a little bit different on how they're you know responding to the pandemic, but we all have really different viewpoints and I guess it depends on how close it's gotten to you or how close it's gotten to the people that you love. So, I mean, I went into action early though for, for the pandemic, for me, I'm on the front lines a lot. Like um, even in between productions, even though the last couple of productions I've done, I've been able to on my off days team up with an organization that goes out, does testing, like, you know, just trying to keep specifically for productions, just trying to keep things going, keeping it rolling. But um, it's been tough. The traffic though, the traffic has been the best thing <laughs> about the entire pandemic because trips that used to take 45 minutes take 15. And I fear that anybody that's moved to LA in the last four to five months has no idea what it's like living in LA. So I went out to Los Angeles on like a little mini vacation a couple of years ago. And that's uh, the traffic was, you know, just as bad as everyone had said it would be. But then I was also out in LA just a couple of weeks ago. Oh, okay. uh, just for for another vacation, and yeah, the, it was like night and day. It's it was crazy. absolutely insane, and it's it's crazy because things were starting to shut down again as I was out there. So oh, yeah, that was yeah, kind of the yeah. unfortunate part. But I mean, there's so much outdoor stuff to do in L.A., San Diego, really anywhere in in SoCal. There's still a ton of stuff to do. So yeah, still it's still an enjoyable time. time. It's like. It's, yeah, it's made people get out and get outside of their comfort zone and find comfort in doing things that we used to do before we had all the technology and the TVs. So there's a lot more, I mean, even fitness, I feel like everybody in the first part of the pandemic gained the pandemic 15 or whatever. And then this part, it's a lot of people. And I have friends that are yoga instructors, Pilates, they're getting clients that they never had before because now there's, you know, a shift. There's outdoor fitness and it's just, 
I don't know. It's just we just kind of shift with the pandemic on this one. It's, well, especially especially with how consistently good the weather is out there, that'd be the perfect place to, you know, go out for walks, runs, you know, go to a park and do yoga, like you said. It, that, that's been the one positive thing I think about COVID is that it's kind of forced everybody to do a lot of self-reflection. I think it's also brought a, a lot of awareness with mental health, especially. So that, that's been that's been a positive of it. I love that it's an open conversation where it. I feel like, at least in my circles, that conversation wasn't had all the time about the mental well-being. It was more like a hashtag, Mental Health Monday, or, you know, but it wasn't really like people were checking in on you specifically for your, you know, for your well-being. And now I feel like we're a lot more conscious of, of being good to each other. And that's what I really hope that we continue after this <laughs> pandemic. I feel like people are really becoming good to each other. Mm-hmm. You know. No, agreed. No, I, I absolutely <laughs> agree. So shifting to a bit of a, a lighter topic. Uh, yeah. So you're both an actress as well as a producer. What was it that initially made you want to get into the film industry? Was it something that you knew you wanted to do at an early age or was it something that came along <laughs> a little bit later? I definitely would say early age for me. Um, I am the oldest of four siblings. So there was a lot of entertaining that I was doing <laughs> to keep, you know, to keep the family. Like I would make up stories. I got it from my mom. She would make up stories, uh, children's things, and I would act them out. And then um, my first experience acting on a stage was in elementary school. And I booked Dorothy. And once I booked Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz in sixth grade, it was like, <laughs> that was it for me. I got a taste of that stage. I got a taste of instant gratification from an audience like you know that that kind of uh, what you what you look for you don't necessarily get it in you know on screen all the time but to start out in theater it's like a relationship with you the cast members on stage and the audience and it was something that made me feel so alive and it also at a young age I realized like the power of storytelling the power of you know an idea being spread whether it's wrapped in a kid's story or whether it's you know wrapped in whatever bow it's in, you can really push subjects that you care about, you know, through the art of storytelling. And there's always a captive audience. And so for me, I was saying um, my countdown for LA started in elementary school. I would tell my parents every single year, we're getting closer. We're getting closer. I'm gonna do the college thing. But after that, I don't know if you saw my shirt. What is it? Yes, I am one of those Howard University people. <laughs> so, <laughs> Kamala. So yeah, we, we did, you know, I did that. We got my major, um, got my BFA uh, in theater arts. And, and it's like literally same year I graduated, I was out in LA uh, pursuing film and, and writing and, and everything. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head about the importance of storytelling. And that's a fairly consistent thing with people that I've talked to is, you know, as far as wanting to get into the film industry is there's something that we all love about storytelling and there's a certain gratification that you can't get anywhere else. If, like if you're a writer, yeah. it's putting pen to paper or words in you know, final draft or whatever software you use to complete a story. There's something about bringing that story to life because movies and stories mean so many different things to so many different people. And I know I can, oh, yeah. I speak for myself, but what, what made me fall in love with film was the storytelling aspect of it. The fact that you can go to a theater or, you know, these days you can watch a movie at home and you can just lose yourself 
in another world for a couple of hours and forget about, you know, all the negative things that are going on. You might be going through a tough time, whether it's COVID or something else. Getting lost in the storytelling of film and TV is, to me, a feeling like no other. You're right. It's interesting, too, that I feel like the the rest of the world that is not as adamant and, you know, passionate about filmmaking as, like, say, you or me, they didn't realize how much they loved it until the pandemic. When, when the Netflix shows started running out and the HBO shows, they got through them all. The first thing people we're saying is, when is there going to be more content? When are we going to see more movies? Basically saying, when are we going to have the next opportunity to get wrapped up in this world, to get lost, to forget, you know, a couple of things, to have a little bit of an escape or share a journey on screen. And it's so funny because, you know, people say, oh, okay, you guys are doing the acting thing out in LA. You're doing, but it matters in a lot of pivotal moments in your life. You remember the movies you watch that shaped the thoughts that you know that you had going forward or you know what you saw that made you know I want to be a filmmaker these things matter when people didn't even realize <laughs> that they were being affected and now i feel like we're seeing so many unsung heroes not that filmmakers are anywhere near the unsung heroes that are coming out in this pandemic but it's like wow we're really looking at each other like nurses you guys are the real mvps emts you guys um i mean last on the list is entertainers but literally everybody that is is, is bringing life and is bringing joy and is and is part of the healing process are looked at in a way that pre-pandemic we weren't. <laughs> so it's it, it's nice to look at the world through a different lens, you know, post, or I can't even say post-pandemic, during. Yeah, no, you, you hit the nail on the head. No, it's, it kind of goes back to the whole, this pandemic has really caused a lot of people to have appreciation for things that you might have taken for granted beforehand. So no, I, I completely agree. And, and I think, you know, and I agree with you about, you know, the, the first responders and the EMTs, but I, I do also think that the entertainment side does provide that escape for mm-hmm. everyone, those, those people included. So as I, well. I, I think it, they do play a part in that as well. So I, Great. yeah, it's, it, it's been, and, and another thing too is, you know, theaters, I mean, the, the, I live in Florida, so the the guidelines have been a bit different than, say, like yes. California or somewhere else. But Oh, you notice, especially after coming out here. Huh? Oh, so fun, <laughs> funny story. So I, I'm not going to name the, the convenience store I went to when I got back home. So I I got back home uh, like late because like, we, we flew from San Diego to Atlanta and then Atlanta okay. back here to Pensacola where I live. I, we got back around 9.30 Central Time and then went to a convenience store because I had to get you know a couple of snacks and everything because I didn't have anything here at the house. And neither store clerk was wearing a mask. But it's like you go to California, you have to have one wherever you go. So just like the right. shooters, I'm like, I'm like, yep, I'm back home. So. Yeah, yeah. That's a whole nother story. Yeah, that that we could I could honestly do a whole separate podcast about Same. about that topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, you mentioned from an early age that you knew you wanted to 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 be an entertainer. Essentially, you wanted to act. You mm-hmm. want, but where where did the behind the scenes work? Because you've done some producing as well. Oh yeah. Where where did that come along, and what kind of drew you into uh, that side of the industry? I think that for for me, I was drawn in 
a lot of times you end up becoming something before you know that that's what you're becoming. And so for me, my idea was, you know, I'm pro probably similarly to a lot of people. I'll come out here. I've got this training. I'm going to make it. I'm good. You know, I'm going to get on the show, book this agent. And while, you know, I, I was able to book here and there, I was able to get certain representation. I found that an idle mind, you know, is, is like the scariest thing in the world. I mean, you, it's, it, it allows room for self-doubt. It just, it brings in all these things. And so my answer to that was, okay, well, I need to, I need to create the things that I'm not receiving yet. So it would, it came, um, first I became a writer and then producer and I collaborated. Um, I was always writing, um, adjusting sides, uh, doing, you know, rewrites, those things like that. And then I ended up collaborating with a director, uh, Corey Grant on a movie Sister Code and um, came in and then there were some writing adjustments going on. And I said, well, can I submit, you know, uh, these sides, what do you think about this? And that's uh, the casting director saw them, he saw them. And those sides ended up being used like, you know, in the rewrites and in the auditions and things. And that was when I was really like, okay, this gift isn't just for me. It's not just something that, you know, I found fun. I was like, I really, I, I got a taste of uh, showing and representing people in ways that maybe they hadn't been seen on screen before or through the pen or essentially the keyboard. <laughs> and so once I was able to kind of hone writing, then we collaborated on a couple projects. I wrote on a couple wrote on a couple features and then it's like, okay, great. So now I've got this feature written, it's ready to go. We gotta make it. So, so that's the, that, and that's where the producing comes in. It's like, okay, well, what do we need? Well, I'm already at this point, you know, Hollywood is all about networking. It's all about building relationships, genuine relationships with people. And it's a lot of give and take. And I realized that during my time here, I know people that, you know, I have camera teams. I have gaffers, I have, you know, directors, I have. And so I was able to uh, work alongside uh, Newbury Productions. I've worked with um, with Phaedra, uh, Phaedra Harris, a casting director who I, I like adopted her as my other mother out here. But she brought me in a lot of circles and basically said, this is Lynette Shell. This is what she brings to the table. And before I know it, I'm behind the scenes and I'm helping schedule and I'm bringing in hair and makeup and wardrobe and planning and budgeting. And the first time I got to see the fruits of that was um, this film called Illicit. And, oh, it just got uh, re-picked up. I think it started playing on BET again last week. But that was the first one where I was actress, writer, producer. And it had like Vivica Fox and Dean Kane and all these people got to come play. And it was such a satisfying feeling knowing that you put that blood, sweat, tears, no sleep. <laughs> but, you know, you it, it, it happened. And of course, like anything else, practice makes perfect. You figure out, you, you figure out uh, quicker ways, more efficient ways. And then you start again, just like building your contacts. You're like, okay, so for this production that's smaller, I have groups of people that I know I can call. I have a team that can get this done. On larger productions, you realize, okay, I can start with this group, but now I have people that can point me in this direction. Because producing, everybody always says, what does a producer do? What do you, you know, that's like the big question when they say you're producing. There's hands-on producing, which are the people that are, you know, kind of day-to-day making the things happen on set. Just uh, basically they, we put the project together from beginning to end. And then there's executive producing, which a lot of times are finances. So a lot of these, you know, big EP roles, they might not spend more than a day or two on set, but they spent money. And so, you know, it's just as much their project as anybody else's. So I kind of basically, long story short, I found myself producing because I was writing and I wanted to get these things made. 
And then it just kind of trickled. So then my projects became sometimes I'm acting, sometimes I'm writing, sometimes I'm producing. And every once in a while, I'm doing all three in one. So. Doesn't sound boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I don't sleep. I just use concealer. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you brought up a great point because, and it's funny because when I first shifted this podcast into focusing on you on interviewing those who work in film and TV, the first producer I ever interviewed, I was like, okay, fill me in. What exactly does a producer do? So I, right. I was in that same mindset. I'm like, you hear, you see the producer yeah. credit on every movie, but you're like, what is it that they do? But since, you know, talking with you and other people who have actually done it, it's really kind of an unsung hero position, I think, when it comes to film, because everyone likes to think of the you know the a-list actors the you know hot shot directors even in some cases the writers or the composers but yeah, no yeah. one really thinks about there is a business side to the it's industry true. like there's <laughs> it's not just the creative and it, you know the creative aspect is great but there is that business side that you have to do in order to get it off the ground so i i look at producers in a way as the the unsung heroes of film oh, and television thanks. projects what's well it's it, it That's almost the seems the only time i'll ever hear that <laughs> so well you. we are it's recorded so we have it documented it has been said <laughs> so no i i have i have nothing but respect for that and you know in in your case doing you know writing and acting so but I, i'm sure you get different joys out of different you know roles that you have between acting writing and producing i'm sure they satisfy you know different, different. creative outlets for you for sure. Oh yeah, you you hit that on the head. It's it's acting is my baby. I love her. You know, <laughs> I love her fiercely. That's the thing that brings me so much joy. But I've I'm learning that the writing is. I mean, it was like right there for so right behind it, and it was just because I was able to uplift so many voices. And you find out that it's amazing to be in front of the camera and and you know and be able to tell the story. But what's crazy and what gives you a lot of satisfaction is being a part, whether it's on the producing end or the writing end, of bringing in the other unsung heroes, if you will, the people that you get to employ behind the camera, the people of, of color even that don't always work. Um, like a lot of our crews, we focus on making sure there's so much diversity, men, women, different color, like in, in the crews. So it's like, not only is it an amazing joy to be able to contribute to something, you know, that the, that the viewers see, but just to be a part of something that's so much bigger that, you know, that that essentially is what feeds the projects that keep on going. You just build community. And before you know it, your community was, you know, two to three people when you got here. And then your community is so far webbed out that you find yourself always jumping from production to production in whatever role you are needed. And so it's a great thing to be able to wear multiple hats because sometimes you don't have to wear them all. Sometimes you can pick one and that's awesome. But then when you do have to wear them all, you know what I mean? You can take one off and put the other one on and you become more of an asset. So, you know, I, I enjoy that. And I enjoy being able to bring other people that are so talented that maybe didn't always get a shot. But if you can write them in, if you can write a role that caters to people's strengths, or if you, when you're producing a project, you kind of get a little bit of say. <laughs> and, you know, people that can finally get in front of casting, even if you don't have final decision, you know, but you can bring them in front of a director that wouldn't have looked at them, put them in front of a casting director that didn't know them. So you get to play a part in that. And there is a, a different joy in that than, you know, than just being on screen. 
Well, and also, too, you mentioned, you know, you might have a, like a small group of two to three people, but even when you're on a film set, you almost become like a extended family in a way yeah, because you yeah. spend so much time together for, you know, X amount of shooting dates that you, yeah. you, you get set withdrawal when you leave. It's like set withdrawal. <laughs> well, it's the thing too is like you know I, the I, I made a short my first short film a couple of years ago and it was only a two day shoot. Oh my but God, at, congratulations! Oh, thank you. Now after after it was over, you know I was exhausted because even doing a short film takes a lot of work. You know from working mm-hmm. my day job, but and then come home and work on the film. You know yeah. finalizing the script, trying to find actors, trying to find crew. But and I was exhausted just physically and emotionally exhausted when it was over but about an hour after we wrapped I was like you know what I could do it again (laughs) so it's 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 like but and that's when you know that this is for you because it's something that you either love or you hate because it's not for everyone because it's a lot of work it's a it's Really, if you have a, a normal day job and you do it as like a passion, even when you do it that way, it's still like a second job because of all the preparation mm-hmm. that you have to do. But when you do it, there's no greater satisfaction. And when you, like you said, you can involve other people and help them accomplish yeah. what they want to do, mm-hmm. no greater feeling. And you said just as short. I want to stop you on that. There is never just in film to have done something from conception to completion is a huge, huge deal. And that's a really big deal. So congratulations on that. There's so many people I know all my life that have been like, I've got the best idea. If somebody would just shoot this, if somebody would just, and the somebody's you, you know what I mean? <laughs> like you have to do it. So you did it with a, a day job, which is, I mean, that's epic. It's short, takes just as much planning. It's a shorter time that you have to shoot the film, but it takes just as much planning and prep and scouting and you know, it's, you know what it is. Yeah. And it, it was, and I had worked on some other sets before, you know, some people I know around here had done a couple of films that I was able to help out on set with and just kind of get the, the feel for what it's like. And I knew that yeah. whenever I did it, cause I, you know, I, I went to school for um, TV production essentially, oh, okay. but, but okay. film was ultimately what I had wanted to do when I was on set for that project back in 2017 I was like, this is, this is what I want to do. This is great. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I felt like as cheesy as it sounds, I'm like, I'm home. Yeah. No, it doesn't sound cheesy. It doesn't. It doesn't, which is why it's so hard to leave because you feel like you're leaving home when it's, when it's over. And you, yeah, the, the first thing we do is as soon as we wrap, it's such a sense of, oh my gosh, you want to pass out, you're exhausted. But the next question is always, when is the next one? Like, so uh, what are we about to film? And that's how you know you're supposed to be in this industry where you can't even barely take that moment of being wrapped in passing out because your mind's still racing on, well, what's next? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, something I'm curious about because you've worked in both film and television. I, I know there's mm-hmm. some similarities as far as, yeah. you know, well, th- there are some similarities, but there are also some differences. Uh, what what are some of the differences for those who may not know between working in film and working on a television project? Oh, well, you know what? That's whew, that's a great question. So one of the differences with um, with film, and it also depends on if you're shooting like multicam or or single cam. But uh, typically, <laughs> my experiences with film are that you are really shooting out of order uh, more often than not. 
because you're shooting based on, you know, the locations that are for that day, let's say. So there, there's a couple of times where you, you know, the first day you shoot is when you, your death scene is. And so you're, you know, going through those emotions and you're there and, and then, you know, the next day you're shooting the, your love interest that you just met. So, I mean, it's a lot of backwards and it's, um, it's more location driven uh, for film it, because their film has a lot of locations to wrap into an hour and a half to two hours, uh, depending. And this is just speaking from the acting portion of it. And so on TV sets, I find a lot of times it's a little bit more linear. <laughs> you kind of know where you are a little bit more in the story. Um, your, your moment before, you know it because you just shot it. <laughs> so that's um, one thing. Um, uh, also, it, it depends on if you have, you know, multi-cam sets or single cam sets, like shows like, um, I think Modern Family might be a blend of like, you know, most, a lot of single cam, but they, you know, they've got, it's a blend. It's like a hybrid show, I think. But they're, they shoot kind of more like a movie. The feel is more cinematic. There are certain shows that you feel like you're watching a movie and that's because of the style that's used from the people, you know, on the camera team and the, and the director. So for me, I feel like movies are faster paced. Um, you have X amount of days to shoot everything. And depending on the budget, depends on how fast you shoot. <laughs> so if you've got, say, a, a budget that only stretches but so far, every single day you're on set, you're paying your cash, your crew, everybody, it's super expensive. So if you aren't one of the major players, you might be going in and it is boom, 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 out of order on films. <laughs> Whereas TV shows, you get to settle in a little bit more. A lot of times there are various directors. So it won't just be one person that's uh, coaching you along the way. There's, you might be on a TV show and you know, there's a director every single episode. And so you get a chance to grow more in your character. You, you know what the world is around you. There's not too many surprises. It might be um, the director's coming and has a different vision of how to make it look or move. But it's more of like a, I don't know, I find TV show, TV shows are, there's a certain level of, I know what's gonna happen today. A little more structure. A little more structure. A little more structure uh, with film, especially coming from the independent film space that I have, you do your best to to know what's going to happen that day, and there will be curveballs, and you have to respond on the fly because that might be your last day there. Whereas on a TV show, it's a little bit different. So that, from the acting side, I found that um, there's a little bit more freedom in film. A little bit Interesting. more freedom a little more freedom in film and in TV, it, it depends because TV is the writer's game. It is a, like film is like a director's game. TV is a writer's game. And so, you know, it's more specificity. Don't ad lib too much, depending on the show. Stick with those words, like things, you know, things are just a little bit different. So you have to kind of scope out the environment before you just jump in. Certain people who love to ad lib and riff, it flies on film, not so much on television. It's interesting because I would think with television having, you know, X number of episodes and you have to get them done in a certain number of time, I always thought that TV would be the quicker pace than films. That's interesting to hear that it's actually the opposite. <laughs> Soap operas, sure. Soap yeah. operas are, yeah, you, they don't play. I, there, there are certain people that um, have asked actors, I won't say any director's names, there are certain directors that ask their actors to speak um, quicker. 
so that they can get in more pages in an episode <laughs> for TV. So you end up practicing speaking really, really fast. Right. So. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like I said, I thought it would be the other way around. So that's that that's actually really fascinating. Yeah, and but, it depends on the space too, because I come from a lot of independent film space. It's different. Like, let's say if you're going to go shoot, you know, Jurassic Park 8, where, you know, you might have a lot more time. You might spend the entire day on two shots, on two scenes. Totally different world. Right. Yeah, for sure. So um, as we start to wrap up here, I I did want to ask about uh, one of your latest films that's actually out now. And I've had the pleasure of speaking with a couple of other people who are involved with this, but Middleton Christmas. Uh, So how how did you get involved uh, with Middleton Christmas and how was your time on set? My time on Middleton Christmas set. I mean, it <laughs> it's so funny because people look at Christmas films and they're like, oh, you, you think you know what you're getting into. And so when I was first approached about it, I'd worked with director um, Dale Fabregar before. And so and, and uh, with producer Suzanne uh, De Laurentiis. And so when I came in to read for the role of Chloe, who plays a nurse, I mean, who I'm playing a nurse, I was really excited because first, where does a nurse fit? in a Christmas story, <laughs> like, you know, the typical stories are, are not in a hospital. And so then I had to do a little bit of digging and say, okay, well, what what is happening here? What is this story actually about? And when I found out that it was about organ donation, when I found out that the young people were the stars and the ones that, oh my gosh, it was just, it's a reflection of how I look at the people coming after us today. Like the, the young people who are on the front lines, who are vocal about change, who were vocal, I felt like that with these characters in the story, like they're willing to give so much without spoiling anything, give so much of themselves. And to me, it's, you know, that's what Christmas should be about. It shouldn't be about what you're getting, what you're gaining, you know, what, what were you good this year? It's, it's, it's more of a, it's more of a choice to be like that every day. And I just fell in love with that about the script that these kids were so willing to give of themselves um, in ways that matter more than you know. And to play a nurse in a time like, you know, now where nurses are are superheroes, <laughs> then it just, and this, you know, we shot this right before, but as I reflect on it, I was just like, man, even playing a part like that in the, in the piece of somebody's rehabilitation in being such a person that is there as like a sounding board, a, a person that can rock you and, and coddle you and, that's what we need. <laughs> That's what we need. And so it was just a warm, warm, warm script with a really, really positive message that I hope more people talk about after um, they see the film. And then Eileen and Michael were, you know, attached to it. And then their chemistry is ridiculous. <laughs> so it was, it made for an easy time on set, like the set family, like we were talking about. It made it like, it made it a, we were a fat, and it was a fast shoot but we were fast family. You know, some of us had never met before and it, it was just as tough to rap. <laughs> That's when you know you have a good project when you don't want to end it, despite how many hours yeah. you put in, you're like, I don't want this to be over. Yeah, and Suzanne was so great with bringing that together. And, and Dale, I'll I, I, I echo a couple of the other actors. We had a Zoom once and we were all just commenting on how, with regardless of how tight the time is, you know, you know how it is when you have a certain amount of time to get the shot off. 
he would talk in such a calm way. <laughs> like, don't worry, we're gonna get it. It's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. And we know we're running out of time, but he had a way of keeping the actors very, very calm and still pulling the performance that was needed. So yeah, it was it was a really good, um, it was kudos to him for that. Well, it's good to have that almost like a voice of reason on set because yeah. it can be a very high pressure environment. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you're you're getting to make a movie. And, you know, I've, I've mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but I've read stories about these fights that happen on set, whether it's between director and actor, two actors. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? You guys are getting to make movies. They forgot. You, you, got, you gotta. <laughs> my, but my thing is, if you're going to be on set for at least 10 hours a day, you, you want to have fun doing it and not be miserable because yeah. that that just sounds awful. Yeah, it, you know what's what's interesting though is the people that that have the most to say and the people that want to fight are typically two people that are really really passionate about the project. And the problem is because of time constraints, because of pressure, because of are we going to make the day if we get this beautiful shot that will add to the production value? All those things are bubbling over, and then they miss each other because they're both talking at each other. And usually the fights I see are never for lack of caring. It's because two people care so much and they can't communicate in a high, you know, pressure. So I've seen just as many hugs and kisses and makeups as I have of people, you know, <laughs> going at it behind the scenes. Right. And it's great that people don't see that part. You know, it's kind of like one of the the secrets. They just see at the end, they see the credits, they see, and they don't know all the craziness that goes on behind the scenes. Well, that's that's the important thing too. Like there, there can be so much chaos behind the scenes, but... If the audience doesn't see it, they don't know the difference. <laughs> if they watch for the director's commentary later, maybe they'll find. Yeah, it. But... <laughs> no, that that's true. That that's very true. But at least in that moment, they get to be in the moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, one other question I want to ask before we wrap up here: uh, What is one piece of advice that you could give to someone who aspires to work in the film industry? One piece of advice, one piece of advice that I would give um, people that want to work in the industry is just find the end that you feel most comfortable doing right now and do that and do that well. And because what I always say to people is that work begets work. When I was writing pieces for myself because I needed to feel that in me, somebody was able to see my work. And then that work got me more work. And so it's it's one of those things where this industry doesn't wait for you. Don't wait for it. <laughs> so you have to create something. If you want to It's be who you say you want to be, be that person now without validation, without, you know, without anything, just be that person. We have so many mediums now. There are people that are making films on, you know, their phones, they're making films. I mean, there's people that have made Zoom films, you know, just finding clever ways to, to edit it. And it's something that if it's on your heart to do, do it with no budget, do it with what you have and people will see something in you and reach out to you. And that's how, again, the community, you can't build a community sitting in, at home waiting for something to happen. You make something happen, you put it out there because art is meant to be shared. And then once you share it, all those things start coming to you. And the other thing I would say is lose your expectations of timelines. Don't say if I can't X in three years, it's not meant for me. If I can't Y, because you look at the Morgan Freemans and you look at the people that have you know done this all their life and didn't really 
get their momentum until they put in 20 years. And now nobody remembers that. They just know who they are. So it's not too late. There's never too late. Timelines are ridiculous. Just do it. <laughs> I love that. That should be a, a t-shirt. Timelines are ridiculous. Oh, right. Okay. Well, you can take it. <laughs> no, no, all you. All you. You said it. Uh, and last thing, uh, do you have anything else you'd like to plug, like website, social media, any other upcoming projects? Yeah, sure. So um, the, the project that I'm actually, as soon as we finish, I'm going back uh, to, to with editing for that is this project called Athena. I am beyond excited about it. It um, I'm actually talking, you're the first person I've spoken with it about on an interview. <laughs> so it is a, it's a sci-fi thriller, if you will. Um, think uh smart house but with you know alexa in the future um and it's a dinner party gone nuts so it's um it's something that we shot in the beginning uh the very 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 beginning before the, the complete lockdown and then we're finally able to pick back up and you know finish our reshoots but it is sci-fi it is it's got some dark comedy in it, which I love. I can't get away from comedy if I try. And then it's, you know, it's definitely got some thriller elements. Um, directed by Corey Grant. Um, I'm one of the leads in it. Uh, Rhetoric uh, Williams is a, the other lead. Um, it's, it's a really good cast. There's going to be a couple surprises, but I'm super excited about that. That should be coming out in 2021 sometime. And um, check out Illicit right now. It's playing on BET. Um, let me see. Definitely check out Middleton Christmas because uh, people need to know what that story is about. And the timing is perfect. Um, think about somebody else's Christmas other than you. Um, and then my social media, I'm on Instagram. Um, so I'm Lynette Tichelle. So it's Lynette, L-A-N-E-T-T underscore T-A-C-H-E-L. Um, that's the easiest way to reach me. I think I have a Twitter. I just don't really know where to find it. Fantastic. Well, Annette, thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview. This was great. Oh, no, you've been great. It's been great talking with you. No, absolutely. And, and uh, anytime you want to come back on to talk about more of your career or plug any more projects, you're more than welcome. I appreciate it. And I love we both got our brick. You didn't see my full back. We got the shared background. So we're Oh, love it. Love the brick background. <laughs> I've been looking at it the whole time like twins. Yeah, no, it's, it's simple and, and I think a little classy. So yeah, love, love it. it. Love, <laughs> love it. Well, for those who are watching and listening, if you'd like to follow the show on social media, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at D Diamond Podcast. If you want to subscribe to the show, it's on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. And thank you, as always, to my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers, for providing the theme music for the podcast. You can check out all their music on Apple Music, Google Play, and Spotify. And don't forget to check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash Diamond Podcast. That's going to do it for this week's show. Enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for tuning in to another awesome episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I'm your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys back here next Thursday. <laughs> <laughs>